Let me push the button. Oh, yeah. A little tighter. Yeah, there you go. Make the connection. Okay. Well, I, I, we have the three chapters, so I put the three chapters there. So we got forgiveness. See, the, it's got a plus. Next one, pride. Not so much, except there's a good kind. So that's why it has both. Then charity, and that, that'll give us our three. And so, you know, a little extra reading, but there's some interesting lines in this. He, he does a good job of pulling it together. So I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, application of some of these things for uh, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this Christian thing in the real world? And uh, Lewis has done a good job of laying that out, like starting with forgiveness. Uh, he he says, well, here's here's the Christian rule. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, his addition to that, it includes thy enemy. <laughs> okay, I'm done reading this book, but that's just it's just great. Everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. <laughs> you go, yeah, till you're angry, till you're till somebody pushes a button the wrong way, and you go, that's it, that's no more of that. And uh, it's, I just think he does a great, great job of pulling all those things together. Remember, he presented this with uh, the BBC on the radio in 42, 1942. So the war's on and, and they're fighting. They don't know all the details yet about concentration camps and Gestapo and all of that. This is early on. I mean, they knew they were getting bombed, they know they're fighting. But they don't know the details of what's happening in Germany and what's happening to all the people. So the, he's, the book is written in the uh, 50, like almost 10 years later. So they have a chance. They, by that point, they know this is what we found. This is what was going on. And so at one point, you're angry at a group of people because you're, you're fighting them and they're threatening your life and lifestyle in your country, and they're doing all that, and they're battling that. But they have no idea about the other ugliness of the things they were doing to to the Jews and Poles and everyone else. And so that adds to the whole thing, which is why it, he includes it here. So how would you feel about forgiving the Gestapo if you were a Pole or a Jew? And you go, wow, that is tough. And maybe you remember Corey Tinboom was one who was protecting Jews. And then, uh, so she's in Amsterdam, or in Holland, and she, uh, she and her family protecting these families. And then they get arrested, and they are put in concentration camps. Her sister Betsy dies in the camp with her, uh, the one they were in. And Corey gets released. And so she, she does get out of the camp. The rest of her family dies in this in concentration, just trying to help people. And now they're, they, they're di- they've died in this thing. And she is out uh, sharing about walking with Christ and what difference that makes in life. And as she gives that information at various locations, the, uh, 
one of her topics was on forgiveness. And she gets to the end of her message and steps off the stage. And a man walks up to her and he says, I don't know if you remember me. I was one of the guards at the camp. And I am so glad you talked on this. Will you forgive me? And she said, in that moment, she did not want to, and it must have seemed like an eternity for her to process through all of this to get to the point where she could say, as hard as it was, yes. That is hard. You've lost everybody. You've had to deal with these guys. And I don't know how cruel this guy was, but I'm not sure that any of them were that nice running those camps. So anyway, but that guy had come to the Lord after the war. He needed forgiveness too. That's, yeah, that one's tough. But as he goes through this thing, you start finding out, you know, love others as you love yourself. and that. So what do you guys think of that? The love yourself thing. And then how you hate yourself, and you don't always have fond feelings for yourself. And <laughs> I thought that was actually, I mean, that should have been a given, but I had never thought of that before. That a lot of times I don't like myself. Yeah. But I still, yeah. care. I know, but I love it that he said it, because it's like, oh, yeah. I don't necessarily have to like that person to love them or to forgive them. Yeah. Just like I, sometimes I don't like myself, but I still, you know, want forgiveness and um, I don't know I, don't, I thought it was super I thought he brought up some excellent points though you know as far as love yourself what as you love your neighbor but you know <clears throat> anybody who'd been to Dachau and saw what happened at Dachau I don't know how anybody in that realm could have ever brought themselves to, to forgive the atrocities that took place there yeah um, so it, it, he brought out some excellent parts about hate and, and forgiveness, and <clears throat> it's okay to hate, but it's not oh, it's not good to, to let that drive your life. <clears throat> yeah. Still applying the love side to that, and and the forgiveness side, and yeah, and sometimes we are that ugly person. Yeah. So. And he talked about. When we hate ourselves, it's that in that that we hate it, that we have done this thing that we didn't want to, you know, that that wasn't good. We hated that we had done that, but we're not actually hating ourselves. We're hating it. We're li liking ourselves enough to hate that we did that, you know. Kind of thing. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. Also, wanted to mention about that. Uh, I don't know if it's in one Corey and Lewis talks or. A, uh, a book, but anyway, she said that one of the things that helped her to forgive that guard was that she remembered Romans 5 8 that God had shed the love of God. The Holy Spirit had shed the love of God abroad in her heart. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I, I, I remember that and think, yeah, that's so good because it, I don't, yeah. It made me think when he said, yeah. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Huh? That's a hard. That's a hard line to. I mean, that really hits home because <clears throat> each of us can think of things that we 
would hope somebody forgave us for. Yes. And, and, and at the same time, we've also had things where we felt like we didn't want to forgive somebody else for something. So if you don't forgive, you cannot be forgiven. That's a, that's a strong line. Yeah. But he wants us actually applying this to everyone, even the Gestapo. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, that, along those lines, I noticed that he makes a good distinction in here, and it, it's it's not it's it's not in our own power that we can forgive like that. It's, it's not in our own strength; it's in his. You know, that's the only way I think we can do it. We have to have his strength. And we have to have, we have to have him say something like that. Go, okay. If you're going to pray to the Lord and or to the Father, and you, you're you're looking for some help, and you want forgiveness, you want to get things right. Well, you got to get it right with them too. Go, oh, that's a bummer. I just wanted the good stuff for me. Yeah, he turns it turns it on its head. Charlene sent in a comment and says, "Loving them simply means." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we still want their good. Charity, he mentions that, and that really is. Yeah, it picks that up. Yeah, what, mm -hmm. what love is. Yeah, and we, yeah, we're just in a in in the process of dealing with some stuff in ourselves and those around us, and um, it, yeah. Let me see what this. Um, does loving your enemy mean not punishing him? Remember that whole part? Because there's justice in here somewhere. And you go, well, I can still love myself and still know I need to turn myself in for committing murder and then I should be hanged. He just kind of lightly runs through that. <laughs> this, this is kind of tough. You go, yeah. I think maybe when he wrote it, that was more true than it is today. Oh, absolutely more okay, true. Okay, thank you. Yeah. The whole idea of that kind of justice. Yeah. And that I deserve that. And I deserve I, that. Oh, no, not me. <laughs> I mean, you know how. Yeah. But at that time, I think there was this stronger understanding of justice. Well, some there are some guys, though, that are in, like, Colson's prison ministry. Yes. They come to the Lord, and they're on death row. And they go, no, I did kill, you know, I murdered that guy. So, yeah, I know Jesus, and yes, you know, give me the shot. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I should, I should die for that. So, I think coming to the Lord makes a huge difference in that. But the, the justice is still there. Or the, the uh, statements on war, when I mean, he's talking about that. And he said, you know, neither John the Baptist nor Jesus, when these Roman soldiers came up, they never said, you shouldn't be a soldier. You should get out of that. Nope. Just addressed whatever their situation was. And uh, let's see what he and he says it's the feeling that because of the guilt thing and misunderstanding killing and murder and, and justice side of that it's a feeling uh, that robs lots of magnificent young Christians in the services military services of something they have a right to something which is the natural accompaniment of courage and kind of gaiety and wholeheartedness and it's the night you know the idea of the 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 
the night, the bold, the night on the white charger doing the right thing, delivering, helping people, but in the process he has to kill an enemy. And some of that got turned on its head somewhere in the last century too. And like, well, that's just horrible. You can't, you ought not do that or you have to do it. And he says like with a long face. And you go, nope, that's, that's, that's the job. That's not, and it's not even murder. I mean, this is protecting, defending. It's a whole different thing. But feeling good about it because you're serving country and your countrymen in yeah. doing this, and often the world. Yes. Trying to help the world. So yes, our service men and women. I mean, they should always feel when they come back received well, as opposed to during the Vietnam War when people treated them badly when they would come home. That's terrible. But that was a mixed up time, you know. Mixed up time. Yeah. Yeah, I got to forgive some people on that one. There's some bad reception coming during those times. Uh, let's see. That very last page before the great sin is that quote that Charlene referred to, and I had underlined it too. That really is good. What is meant in the Bible by loving Him is wishing His good, not feeling fond of Him, nor saying He is nice. When he is not. (laughs) Because as Christians, sometimes you feel badly if you don't really like them or you don't have anything good to say about them, but wishing wishing them good. Still wishing them good. Yeah. 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 That goes back to when he said, hate the sin, but not the sinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I like how it seems like a little simplistic kind of approach. (laughs) Then he goes through it and he goes, no, that makes sense. Yeah. We really do have to do that. Yeah. Well, let's go on to the great sin, which would be that one. So we start with some negative stuff. And he puts it in that list of, well, it's all these other things that are the, the great sins. And um, there is, this since we just had a, a conference with all the you know free church leaders in Texas, Oklahoma. So I've just been around those guys. So this would be from from the pastoral leadership side of things. Usually in the bylaws somewhere, church constitution bylaws, there'll be something about how you get rid of a pastor or why you should get rid of a pastor. There's things about how to hire one too, but there's the other side of that is you violate these lines, you you do this. Typically, and, and he talks about that, the sexual uh, morality, sexual immorality, adultery, I mean, you violate those things, and it will list those, it will list some things like that, and, and uh, you know, running off with the church secretary, taking the church's money, which we're safe, we don't have any, <laughs> and, but it, you know, all those kind of things are what's listed, typically, and the one that isn't listed, which is the biggest problem, is that one. And the churches, there are some guys in giant churches. I mean, they have thousands and thousands of people. And, and, and this is in the last couple of years, just blown it. And they violated some of those common, common ones. There are a couple of the big names that actually got called on this one even though it wasn't there, it's just that 
at a point there were enough people leaving the church or getting off the board and going, I can't, or leaving staff going, I can't work with that guy. And it's because he was bullying and it was all about, it was more about him. He's using the name of Jesus attached to this ministry, but it was all about him and how much he, he wanted credit or the influence or whatever. And uh, I think that's a bigger problem. As, as I've met with guys in, in uh, a variety of places, in pastoral ministry guys, they'll talk about, I need the pulpit. I need to have the, the platform. I need to have... They're not talking, I want to honor Jesus. I want to help the people. I'm like, dude. <laughs> what? That is backwards. And they, but they... They just don't even hesitate. They don't blink. They just I, I go. They, you'd be the last person somebody needs to give a pulpit to. You don't have to be in the either. No, you don't. <laughs> no, no. But just coming off this conference, it just and our guys weren't like that. We really ran it. David will tell you. Like, he's going to tell you a little bit. But it was really awesome. And if you could be on this side of proud of your group, we got it. Really, really good. Okay, that was a distraction. Okay, go on. So how many are in favor of pride? Did you guys want to vote on that? <laughs> Which <laughs> you have to pick one, I guess. We know the one that comes up, and then we have to deal with it. <laughs> and then the other one, we have to come back with that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, pride is not. Uh, this is. It's one thing to to be to do a really good job or to have make a lot of money or, but it, that doesn't satisfy. It's making more than the other person. It's, it's just that that twisted hunger, which is the same one that Satan had and wanted the throne, and wanted to take over, and that's just trickle down. <laughs> we wind up with it. We want to do the same thing. line in here really stood out to me it says uh, pride leads to every other vice it is the complete anti-god state of mind i was thinking about that it's absolutely right Mm -hmm. we're separating our we're putting ourselves in the place where we should have god exactly yeah pushing against the very one who is the ultimate and he wants our good because he loves us and he wants to be proud of us on that side. Yeah, We just get it backwards because we want to take over. We want to be the one sitting on the throne. So kind of based on that, he goes on to say, For pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Even common sense. Wow. Let's do this. I don't know if you guys remember some of the Christian um, uh, 
little booklets and you know come to Christ and yeah some, some of those gospel track things. So they have they have this and and well no, let's put the other one first. I'll just put it this way. Represent this is the throne of the life. Who's in control? Who's doing you know the king on the seat? person so that that you know gonna make it me so then surrounding that all of the things in life that you guys just just listed and and on their illustration they'll do it they'll have like this you know just all kinds of things going on it's just out of whack it's chaos there's uh, dissatisfaction pride is running rampant but by golly i'm I am on the throne. I am running this. I want to run. I want to control the things around me. I want to control the things in my family. I want to control the government. I want to control other people's governments. I just want to just, I'm, I'm that person. And then the alternative one that they have on this whole thing. Let's see how well this works. Maybe I should go to Walmart and get a better eraser. The other one has Christ on the throne. And then all those things start to fall into place and bow down to him. And we have to make the decision who's going to be on the throne. And our tendency is to be on this side of that rather than that side of that and that gets us in trouble but he wants to bring that stuff into alignment and that also means forgiving others and i mean all of that and the pride thing that it's not about me running everything or getting all the attention or being uh, like talking about the you enjoy being the the life of the party until somebody else comes in who becomes the life of the party, and you're and then you're jeal- the pride thing. Now your pride's hurt, and you go, "Oh, I am a little. I got a pride issue. I'm jealous, or I want control. I want that." If you got this, you don't need it. It just it moves in a whole, an entirely different direction. So yeah, those are good. Other other thoughts from the. The great sin. He uh, talked about humility being the opposite of pride. And so that quote that I shared before, and I wish I could remember who to give credit to. I don't remember who it was, but humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And Lewis referred to that. He said, if you have true humility, actually when you're with God, you don't even think about yourself. Right. I mean, is that just, I love that, just... Yeah, it just goes away. Yeah, it goes away. Yeah. And when it doesn't, you realize, oh, man, I've I got some work to do here. Cause, yeah. yeah. And Dallas Willard hits on that kind of stuff a lot. He just ekes it. <laughs> He's just walking around. That guy, wow. But I love it. Yeah, I love that Lewis brought that up, too. Levels 
puts them. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are levels. Yeah, the levels are there, that's for sure. Uh, let me do the new picture. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to step that up. Okay. This whole, the, the, the step to come to Christ, so we, we're going to make that, I'm going to turn from whatever else I think is out there other gods, other things, the me, whatever it is, I'm going to turn to Christ. So I'm, that's that's the first step in this thing. So that's you know coming to to know Him, and then from there we, you guys, a lot of you guys have seen this. So we once we come to Christ, we're on this we're on this path now where we can follow Him. That takes us one direction. The other direction is we're going to follow him, kind of, and we're going to actually, um, well, we can just put obedience up here, but that's that's following because we love him and we want to do what he, he's asked us to do. So we're, we're kind of moving in that direction. So that, and we sin and we're going to do that, but we're also, as soon as we do sin, we, we turn to him and we confess it, so that's. First John one nine, and and then we're back on track. So we're we're moving in that direction. Those sins that come along as we're doing that in this life, those things are just forgiven. So there there there's lessons learned. There's sadness because it, it existed. We're we're walking with God, but he's he's also healing that. Uh, healing that part of us that's broken and renewing our mind so we're beginning to think more and more like him that's one way the other way is we know him so heavens this isn't a question about heaven or walking having a relationship with god that's none of those are the question here this person does is really um just disobedient so the struggle is there's there's the sin and there's there's so we'll have the levels different kinds of sin that are going to be part of it that are carried over. So this when that sin happens there are consequences. Oh, let me put, put the other consequences here the life leads to rewards. 
bad, good, just in case you weren't sure how this was going. This happens in this life before we breathe our last and after. That's what David was referring to with the fire. So we meet with the Lord. All Yeah, there are levels. And he's also looking at the heart. So not only is the action that just happened like a put down to somebody and you go well that was just mean and you can go well i'm sorry you know how meaningful that is but god's looking at the heart and he sees the hatred he sees the level he sees the unforgiveness he sees the jealousy he sees the how big is that didn't we just say that this was the big one right so we just put all that in there so this thing and go well i just all i said was and we come up with our little short little thing. And, you know, how, why'd that hurt somebody's feelings? Because it had all of this in there. So that thing has that level. You go, man, that's a whole lot more than I thought. And there may be some other things that we just, we dismiss as not being a big deal. And he's looking at our heart going, no, that is huge. That is, that's the and it affects not only you, but now you've wounded this person, and they're going to, that wound is going to lead to some hardship for them in dealing in relation, other relationships with somebody else, maybe their own kids or grandkids or the community. It's big. So, are there consequences for that now and consequences for that later? Yeah. What happens in heaven? There are levels. Same thing in hell. There are levels. This is the believer side, so there's. I have a whole different chart for the other side. That's a different day. But, yeah, the levels exist. And, and so those sins come in. The disobedience leads to consequences. Consequences now in this life. Consequences in the, the life to come. Now, if the obe- disobedient person decides to be an obedient person and they confess their sin, they deal with it, well, then they're not going to get a reward for that. But they certainly can... It will read, and and, they, and there still may be consequences, like the guy who murdered somebody, and he goes, "Well, no, I get it. Justice declare demands that I be put to death, and so he gets it. There's a consequence. But in his heart, he's healed. In his mind, he's renewed. He's got a relationship with God, and then the stepping into the eternity, that thing's gone. It's forgiven. There's nothing more to do. That's gone." Now, there may be other stuff that, that gets carried over. So you are saying that someone might take one fork in the road, but then could change. Oh, yeah. The Hopefully. Direction. Yeah, the goal is always for the good. Yeah, we always want to go. Yeah, and, and, and always trying to encourage these people who are us. And we're kind of doing that. Hopefully more, more steady up here. But, but we're doing a lot of that. And so, yeah. But some of that stuff hangs on. And the more we, the closer we get to the Lord, the more we understand. Oh, the, you know that pride thing, that, that horrible way I responded to that person. And you can walk away sometimes and go, man, that just, that's just, I can't believe I just did that. Or thought that. Or whatever. And you're going, yeah, that stuff's just hanging up there. Yeah, but the better we get at it, then that, that actually moves us into that one. So yeah, then we're practicing love, which if we're doing more of the love side of that, this stuff's going to be part of who we are in our relationship with God, relationship with each other. It'll carry over. And 
Yeah, we can leave more of this behind. Because the consequences thing, that gets, that gets old. This one, that's pretty exciting. Ah, let's talk about some charity then. Faith, hope, and charity. So he does talk about it as an alms kind of thing. If you watch um, like the cowboy shows, the westerns back in the 50s, 60s, and, and there'd be some dude comes in dragging into town, and he's, he's all raggedy looking, and, and somebody's trying to help him. I don't need no charity. Because charity would be like the worst thing ever. Because in his mind, it's alms. So yeah, that's at least where my mind with the whole charity, that's my head went there. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, the whole meaning of that was was uh, out of love, expressing love and giving and and uh, generosity and people wanting to help get you on your feet. And you're just going, man, it's actually a really positive thing. I thought it was horrible, too, because I watched too many Westerns. But it is. It's, it's, it's a cool one. Um, he did mention that in one of the statements, he says it's an affair of the will. But he talks about it's the will, not the feelings. Feeling. Yeah. 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 practice love whether you mean it or not and pretty soon you start to mean it mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's real hard to do because if you don't mean it it's hard to act like you do <laughs> yeah oh now i gotta do a brain thing dang it <laughs> wait come back okay with the yeah that that whole you, are you familiar with behavior modification? Pavlov's dog? So, we got, somebody needs to go to Walmart. All right. So we got this whole brain thing happening right here. We want to make this brain smiley. But we got two ways to do that. We got the Lord tells us we can renew, you know, retrain the brain. How do we do that? Well, the input and belief, we put all that stuff in there. That is effective, and we got to do it. That's Romans 12. When we wrestle with theological truth, and a lot of stuff like we're doing here with Lewis and mere Christianity, we're getting that. Okay, we're rethinking some things. That gets in my brain. That's going to affect some things and make it happy and make it work better. Then, what if, like he was just saying, what if I don't feel it? I mean, I'm just not getting, this isn't getting me. Then we go to behavior modification. So I'll go this way. Behavior modification means I just do the action, feelings or not, and I train, I'm getting muscle memory, and muscle memory, anybody ever smoked? 
You, y'all, y'all never, okay. So people smoke and they get used to having something in their fingers, something in their lips. They have dinner and a cup of coffee, which is also another one of those. Suddenly they have to have that in their fingers and something in their lips. You go, you know, did they, were they born with that? You know, is that in kindergarten? They picked that up in kindergarten behavior modification they started doing that what happened to them as a result of that it locked into their brain now to turn that thing around they have to rethink it it's going i'm not going to do that anymore what else do they have to do put that thing down until they get new muscle memory replace the muscle memory with something else so our bad actions our bad behavior our bad statements our lack of love so we just behave that's the reason we have a list of things like the Ten Commandments or the 613 commandments that in the Old Testament and we got other things that Jesus is telling us to do is to give us, here's a list. How you doing? Do we believe it to start with? Eh, very few do. What do we do? We're just, we're just going to practice it. Practice, 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 hoping to get that in here. So then once it gets there, because the other part of that is the heart. So we're trying to get that all built in, but it, it takes both. So it's renewing, learning, going, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm doing better. The things we just talked about, forgiveness, we just talked about pride, and we just talked about love, all of those give us a standard. And nowhere in here does Jesus ever go, you know what, let's just move that bar way down here. No, he went. This is, how, this is how you measure it. That's love. You get up there, and you do that for everybody's good. You do that, he raised the bar. There is no bar higher, higher than that one. And he's saying, that's, that's where I'm, I'm calling you guys. Come along. Yeah, practice it, even if you don't feel it. You know that that's the right way to go, or you know enough to do something about it. Then this will catch up with that. And sometimes you do this, and that, and then this catches up with that, like the smoking thing. I know, you know, it's on TV, don't smoke, okay. Eventually, I get the behavior lined up with this, my brain catches up, my heart catches up, and it all works. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it takes both, but there's a place for both. And, and what James, in the book of James, oh, man... I'm watching the clock, so I'm going, yeah. The book of James is dealing, this is what he's dealing with. There are some people who are just doing this side, and they weren't doing this side. And he's going, wait a minute. No, it takes, it's both. It's all of that. So faith without action isn't faith. I mean, he's, he's just picking it. They know Jesus, he's, but he's, come on, guys, step it up. This without this, without the faith, without the heart, without understanding where this is going, I just say it leads to emptiness and frustration and people cheating that where they look like they're doing it, but really this hasn't changed. And you've met them or you've been them or, you know, we've all been there a little bit. So it's both, all of that. And then we're moving towards love. The whole big thing in all of this is to love God and love people. And that's what, I mean, that's, the best thing in this life and it's the best thing in the future it's coming up for eternity 
And this will work a whole lot better in eternity once we get rid of some other factors down here. Yeah. And I can see how it can be a protection for you not going back and getting hurt again. But <clears throat> I think it would be easier to forgive if I could forget something. Would be, but there's a different part to that one too. <clears throat> but I agree, getting that out of there, which is really the why the popularity of Jim Beam and other things but to reframe that very thing because in eternity we're not going to forget we're going to remember everything our memories are not wiped when we walk in to the pearly gates our memories that are limited here our brains start forgetting things you can't even remember I couldn't even remember mulch yesterday in a story I was telling to David he had to help me out I'm just going Dude, how many tons of mulch have I moved? And I can't even think of the dang word. So our brains are going to remember everything because it's never lost. It's in the mind, and the mind is not the physical brain. The mind is the spiritual aspect of who we are as beings. We carry that with us, the good and the bad. But it's reframed so that when we reflect on those things... We see it from his perspective. And then, yeah, okay, I don't have to attach every time I have that memory a hurt to it because I've now changed, reframed it so I can approach it from another direction and learn whatever is the lesson in all of this or whatever. Because he's using all things for good, so somehow he's going to take that reframe it for us and make something even better so the hurt becomes something that we can build on and be positive with even Corey Ten Boom's time in the concentration camp gets turned around and you go you've reframed that that is an unbelievable story and then go into into eternity taking that all of that with us and we're not going to forget it but we operate in a different environment reframed and we see it from God's perspective and that is way beyond what this book was dealing with okay but yeah thanks for bringing that up because of the often people say forgive and forget and without the Jim Beam and that's just it's just hard to do or impossible to do God's love for us is a much safer subject to think about than our own love for him nobody can always have devout feelings and even if we could feelings are not what god principally cares about christian love either towards god or towards man is an affair of the will that's what you're talking about it is we choose it we choose to do these things so the renewing the mind romans 12 1 we're doing that so we can be transformed and then we're acting, which is the rest of Romans 12, by the way. That chapter is dealing with that. So he gives you this. Then he says, do this. So you, you act. See, so both of those are playing on the mind, uh, changing, training our brains and heart. And then our bodies kind of come and start working with it. Uh, if we're trying to do his will, we are obeying the commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. He will give us feelings of love if he pleases. 
We cannot create them for ourselves. We must not demand them as a right. But the great thing to remember is that though our feelings come and go, his love for us does not. It is not wearied by our sins or our indifference, and therefore it is quite relentless. And it's determination that we shall be cured of those sins at whatever cost to us, at whatever cost to him. Charity. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for some time together this morning. Thanks for the uh, uh, reflections, uh, the thoughts that Lewis put into this. And uh, Lord, we do want to follow you in obedience and with love. In Jesus' name, amen.